0: The following program is intended for mature audiences. The time is now for the hardest hitting, yet completely trivial, the football show on the planet. You are in rarefied territory. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the broken helmet. Let's rock it. Coming to you live. On tape on this Sunday, January 14th, 2024, it is Super Wild Card Weekend! When will we stop doing all of the fireworks? I, probably right now, you know, enough is enough, right? Anyway, it is the continuation of Super Wild Card Weekend, the Sunday edition. We had two games last night. We now have another four lined up. We were supposed to have three today and one tomorrow. And thankfully, to well, thankfully, uh, because of the snowstorm, there will be no one o'clock game today, as that has been punted to Monday, which is MLK Day. So we will get a four o'clock Martin Luther King extravaganza between the Steelers and the Buffalo Bills. As for today, we will have the two games that were scheduled for 4:30 and 8:15 and that is the Cowboys Packers in Dallas and the Lions Rams in Detroit. So, how did we fare last night? We had two games. I don't know if they were good. I guess the second game was better than the first. First game saw the Texans just own the Browns. Uh, the Browns went in there; it was close out of the gate. Both teams went punch for punch, touchdown, touchdown, field goal. It was close game, and then all of a sudden, wouldn't you know it? It was Joe Flacco. He came up, and all of a sudden, just went. <laughs> boom. He uh, did not have it yesterday. That was the probably the biggest risk I thought. For Cleveland going into the game was, were you going to get a return to the average and, you know, reversion to the mean, if you will, for Flacco? You got it. He threw two, two back-to-back pick sixes. And it was a breakdown. Just like me with all my drops right now. Just completely fucking up. Well, that was Flacco yesterday. He threw one pick six, came back, and it was really deflating at that point. I forget what that made it, but I think that made it 24 points, possibly, and then came back on the very next drive and threw another pick six, and it was over from there. But that should not uh, you know, take away from the performance that you saw out of Houston Because Stroud had a phenomenal game. Remember, this is a rookie going into his first playoff series. This is a rookie coach. This is a rookie quarterback. This is a rookie edge rusher. This is a, I mean, basically a newer team, right? They have some pieces from the team's past, but for the most part, This is, you know, Nick Casario just putting things together as they move forward with the franchise the way they want to go. Remember, you know, the Texans basically had a revamp from the Bill O'Brien era, uh, you know, and he did his trade. He got rid of Hopkins, you know, for... I forgot forgot the running back's name already. But, uh, you know, probably not the greatest trade, but they have fixed the roster at this point. They've got themselves... A quarterback, thanks to the draft last year, they traded up to get themselves an edge. So they have youth all over the place. Stroud came to play. He went 16 for 21 for 274 yards and three touchdowns. If I'm not mistaken, all three of those came in the first half. And then that was complemented by some Solid performance on the ground from Devin Singletary, who really has rose to the occasion ever since he stepped in for Damian Pierce, who was injured earlier in the year. Remember, Pierce last year kind of took over. He was a fantasy, you know, love child of everybody. And this year he got banged up. Singletary, who came over from Buffalo, took the reins and just ran with it. So Singletary had 66 yards on 13 carries, one touchdown. He had a long of 29 yards. And then in the receiving core, it was all Nico Collins, six receptions, 96 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, they got a big 76-yard bomb from Brevin Jordan. That was his only catch of the day. And then you got John Mechie, uh, who you know obviously was a pick a couple of years ago. And then he battled cancer, if I'm not mistaken, and has rallied. He had three grabs for 44 yards uh, Delton Schultz who they picked up from the Cowboys who didn't want him he ended up getting one catch for 37 yards but guess what it was good for a touchdown so they end up rolling 45-14 to 14. there's nothing to really talk about in terms of the Browns Uh, You know, Flacco, actually, his numbers weren't terrible. If you hadn't seen the game, you would have been like, what the hell happened? He was 34 for 46 for 307 and a touchdown, but two interceptions. And unfortunately, those two interceptions went for pick sixes the other way. Come on, Rich! get Get on your fucking horse and do these drops where you want them. Jesus, it's just... (sighs) It's about to get all stupid up in here! Anyway, so uh, the Texans rolled in Game 1. Then we went to Game 2. That was the night game. This was the Ice Bowl. This was Chiefs-Dolphins. I don't know what to say about this game. To be completely honest, I think that in 2024, knowing that the weather was going to be what it was, I really think that they could have postponed that game and moved it somewhere else. I don't know how you would have done it. Maybe once you pulled the plug on Buffalo, which you did it around noon, you maybe, I don't know if it was too close to call it, but I mean, Buffalo was supposed to be the next day. This would have been the same day. Maybe you could have postponed Kansas City to the next day at 1 o'clock and switched those games. Um, but they decided not to. They really like, obviously... The scenery when you put these games in freezing cold weather or with snow or, you know, whatever it might be. But the NFL loves all that historic blah, blah, blah. So they wanted an ice bowl. They got it. They got Mahomes' helmet cracking in the game and shattering. It was so cold. They've got Andy Reid looking like, you know, I I could probably put a a funny X-rated comment in there. But anyway, he has a frozen mustache with just water frozen and perspiration frozen all in the goddamn, I mean, he looked like a mess. Absolute mess. You have video online of people pulling, you know, from from the snack stands the people pulling out waters from the refrigerators and then freezing on contact with the air outside. So that was all over uh, social media, which was Crazy. There were pictures of people's beer that were just frozen in their can and the hand. I mean, it was just, it was crazy. It was just super cold. And of course, you got a, a NBC had no problem throwing Taylor Swift down your throat all night long in a suite that you couldn't even see out of because it was so frozen. So again, I don't know how I feel about it. I, I think that they probably could have done the fans justice by putting it the next day. I don't know operationally, they could have pulled it off that late. They had plenty of time beforehand to definitely pull the trigger, but obviously before Buffalo moved, you didn't have a slot unless they could have moved that earlier to Monday at 4. But maybe they were afraid Buffalo was going to happen and so they were already pre-planning to move Buffalo to that 4 o'clock slot on Monday and they were just like, cold is cold, we can live through the cold, we can't live through the snow and put people driving, you know, at risk. Uh, Whatever it was, the game went off and let me tell you, as soon as you just saw the cameras turn on and you saw what that field was and you saw what that stadium was looking like and how cold it ultimately was, even though they told you it was going to be that way, as soon as you saw it, you know it to be true. the, The Dolphins were done. I am sorry, uh, it, it just was not going to work out for them, and I don't know what they could have done differently. They were not built for this. This is their own fault for not claiming the AFC East and getting themselves a home game. So they got to go on the road, and they got to deal with conditions wherever they might be. But the Dolphins were not really well built for a game played in the subarctic, and that is what you got. And as a result, the Chiefs went on the roll, twenty-four to seven. Uh, you know, Mahomes, he threw for 262 and a touchdown. Pacheco, who, I can we please, can we please stop saying Pacheco runs mad at the grass, mad at the ground? I, I I remember the first time I heard it, and it was a podcast, and I think it was last year. It's two years later now, and I am so tired of it. It's just, at first it was like, oh, that's funny. Now it's just Oh, it's nauseating. I get it. He runs hard, you know, like I, he wasn't the first one to run hard. He won't be the last one. He runs mad at the ground. I, fine. Somebody come up with an original fucking joke to say other than mad at the ground, you know. He he runs like he just saw his wife banging the neighbor, you know. I, I don't know what it is, but something other than mad at the ground. I'm just so tired of hearing about it. But anyway, he ran 89 yards and a touchdown. Uh, Rashid Rice. Rashid Rice has come through and he is the replacement for Tyreek Hill. Unfortunately, you know he's not Tyreek Hill, but, God, eight catches, a buck 30, one touchdown, long of 39 yards, solid performance. You saw it coming uh, you know, a little bit into the year. You were like, look, Rice looked like he might have it if he could pull it together, and he has continued along that track. So Rice has come in there. He's a rookie, which is a bonus for them. Uh, you know, I don't, what is his potential? Who knows? Um, they'll have to work around it, but goddamn, he's putting in a lot of work and really helping out that Kansas City offense that looked lost just a couple of weeks ago without any kind of wide receivers uh, to speak of. And now Rice is filled in that role and is playing really well. Kelsey continues to have a case of the dropsies. People can talk about the whole Travis, the, the the Taylor Swift bullshit, whatever it is, whatever it is. The guy's like 33. It's gonna happen. He, he's not at the top of his game. Not to mention, it, you know, it was freezing cold. So that kind of crap is gonna happen. He had a couple of drops, but still, he was seven for 71, and it was basically those two guys. The rest is like nothing. So you looked at Pacheco. Mahomes had a couple of carries, but it was Pacheco Rice. And Kelsey, that was the entire offense. And that's all they needed because, you know, Dolphins got nothing. Uh, Tonga Viola, uh, Tua Tonga Viola, I still never pronounce his name right, so I just always go by Tua. But anyway, he he was one shy of 200 yards. He was 20 for 39 for 199, a touchdown, an interception, Uh, you know. Uh, but they had nothing else. They came out of the gates. They tried to run the ball. It didn't really work. Uh, you know, they got nothing on the ground. Nobody broke 40 yards. Most of had 33. Uh, Tua had 25 and got nothing out of A-chain. Tyreek Hill had that one touchdown on a shit throw that he had made a nice adjustment on and then took that to the house. He was five for 62. I mean, there's nothing really to talk about. This was not a game. Um, you know, I was going to make Houston my lock. I switched it. I made Kansas City my lock. I could have went with either one of the two. I still think that the Chiefs looked, you know, I mean, the Browns were in that game for a little bit until Flacco was Flacco. I don't think the Dolphins were ever in this game. I'm sorry. I, I didn't say anything for the Dolphins from the snap of the ball that said that we were going to stick in this game. So I, away they went. Chiefs end up going victorious. They will go on to the next round, as will the Texans. Uh, as for the gambling how to go the it was a dog win for the Texans uh, they also hit the over I think I had I think I said the over yesterday so I was right there I know I said the under in the Chiefs Dolphins game and that for sure was a favorite and the under now how did it work out with teases if people had teases well as for the Texans game, uh, the tees up obviously worked because the dog cut, the dog won outright. The tees down did not work because the Browns didn't even cover that, right? So they went in favored by two points. You get the four, it didn't matter. They lost by a bolt load. And as for the Chiefs, same thing. So the Chiefs won if you teased them down. The Dolphins did not cover with the tease, so they are out of it. Uh, the Texans-Browns game, there was no tease that worked out for you in terms of the over. It was an over, and that was it. Uh, The under got blown out and flipped that around. Same thing the other way. For the Chiefs game, it was a tease good for the under, but not a tease good for the over. 33 points, they need to get up to 37. So, that's how we lined up last night. So, what do we got today? I was trying to hook up with my brother to talk about today's games. Uh, did not happen, uh, because he has in-laws in town, so he couldn't get alone. His podcast center is in there, basically in their living room, which is why we do the... Uh, the podcast when we do, which is usually at night when he can get alone uh, from his two small children, uh, couldn't do it today. So we will uh, do today's games. The two of them. We'll, ju- we'll just do all the games. Why not? Right. We got four left, and we'll rip through these quick. It's around two o'clock right now, so we got to get these done, blow it out, upload it, and before we get to our four thirty game. So, without further ado, let's head out for the first game. We will take off, and we'll head to AT and T Stadium. Cowboys taking on the Packers Cowboys favored by seven points the over under is 50 and a half points right now. obviously people love the Packers uh, you know they've getting getting a little bit of love here and they love the Packers because they love love. Right. Love, love, love. A lot of love going around. Love, uh, you know, to the third degree. I don't know how many loves I threw in there, but there was a lot of them. And so with love and his performance over the second half of the year, you know, he came down a little bit toward the end there, you know, going into December where LaFleur had not lost. And then they ended up losing to the Giants. But love still performed down the end and got him, you know, to the promised land here in the playoffs. As for the Cowboys, you know, they rock and roll at home. That and there's nothing more you can say. I think they were talking about it last night all year long. The Dolphins were the number one scoring team in the NFL up until the very end. They came back to earth a little bit, and then the Cowboys surpassed them. Cowboys top scoring team in the league. And they are at home, right? So home much better than on the road for the Cowboys, and they'll get to enjoy that location today. So with the Cowboys favored by 7, let's go to see where all of the money is currently. And it looks as though that the tickets are going to be on Dallas at 60%. The money pool is going to be on Green Bay at 71%. And that leaves the Sharps, and where are they going to lie? They're going to lie with Green Bay, too. So you are going to end up seeing a pros-Joes game here for the pack. Again, the Packers have quite a bit of the Money Pool plus the Sharps. So, it, now if you think about the year on on the whole, the tickets were number 1 in the clubhouse when looking at those three, the you know, the three main players. That being the Sharps, the tickets and the money. The tickets had even let me pull it up real quick. They came in 53% on the year versus the Sharps who were under under 50% and then the money who was 51%. So, look, usually when you see the Joes on one side, you're kind of like, eh, especially when you see the the Sharps and the money pool on the other side. But this year, not so much. This year, not so much. So the question becomes, with Love under center, does he have enough to... Go on the road here with a defense that has picked it up. Barry's defense has picked it up a little bit here in the end and win a game on the road. Look, the line, you know, Vegas is telling you, you know, if they do, they're going to have to overcome a a big task here because they're giving them seven points. Um, You know, I guess seven points is a lot of points. And you know, is it deserved? I don't know. I, I I can't really tell, right? You know, Watson again, who when he plays, sometimes he's their leading receiver, but he just barely plays. He's missed five games in a row. I think he's doubtful or questionable for today's game. So they're going to have to go to, uh, you know, the whole slew of other wide receivers that they have or on the ground with Aaron Jones, uh, I believe. And let me just pull up the most recent. Now, that's another thing that I did shitty yesterday was I pulled up an, an awful injury report. And I think when we're talking about Houston, I was saying that a lot of their defensive, uh, defensive linemen were, you know, out or doubtful. And then, uh, you know, they all played, right? Anderson, Union played the whole bunch of them played. But there, as of right now, again, this is like two and change on Sunday, couple uh, hours here before the game. A.J. Dillon is doubtful, so it looks like it's going to be Aaron Jones, and that is it. Um, as for the Cowboys, they're pretty much, you know, swingingly healthy. So... Nothing really on the Cowboys injury front. You know, you got Dylan and Watson and Jair Alexander on uh, for the Packers. Obviously, Watson and Alexander are not doubtful. They're questionable. Dylan is the only doubtful member of that roster. But Watson and, and Jair are, you know, Big parts of their, you know, offense, I, you know, I, they go to overtime. I'm sure the Cowboys would rather Jair Alexander jump in there, right? I think he was the one. Dennis named himself a Cowboy, like an asshole. But uh, right now, they're questionable to go. So, I don't know. I can't really see the Packers going in here and winning this game. I think to win here would be difficult. You would hope that you would get a McCarthy, you know, burger, where he just you know, screws the pooch. Dak goes into the toilet, McCarthy can't coach his way out of a paper bag, they just get terrible performances from Lamb. Uh, you know, I if, who I mean insert any cowboy player here. I'm blanking on, on Ferguson and everybody else, but Pollard and the rest. But I don't I don't know. I even if Dak plays a little off, right? The Packers defense is going to have to play up in order to help make that happen. And then Lamb is a stud. So even if Dak has a poor performance, Lamb probably could just get stuff done on his own accord. Just throw the ball up, get the ball to me, and I should be good. Defense for the Cowboys, super solid. You're talking Micah Parsons. Bland's had a great uh, season as well. And I just can't see the Packers going in here and winning this game. The question, I think, to me becomes the seven points. And what do you do with the seven points? Is it too much? Can the Packers, you know, stay in this game and end up losing a closer game than the seven? I think more, most likely, I think the trend would lean toward Cowboys running away with it, right? I just... Love and Company going into AT&T and just not having enough guns. Lamb kind of going off, maybe Pollard having a good game, and the Cowboys just throwing up points what they always do and then the Packers are forced to kind of throw it, which I you know, that's their offense anyway, but they are com- they are forced to commit more where they wouldn't, you know, abandon some of the running game, abandon some of their other, you know, th- their game plan and fall right into the Cowboys' defense hands. You get a turnover. Things start to fall apart. You know, they're down 7, and all of a sudden there's a pick. They get 3 or 7 off of that. You're down 10 or 14, and then it continues on from there. Uh, You know, I guess the one risk would be, well, it doesn't, you know, even if you're down 17 points and then the Packers get a 7 off of that, that would be 10, and that's still good for the cover. So, I like the Cowboys here. Give me the Cowboys and the seven points. And then my brother is also going to end up taking the Cowboys. And if you can hear above, my son, who, uh, super happy for him, has got himself a ukulele for Christmas. But uh, he also likes to play the ukulele, which I believe is right above me in the kitchen. So, let me just uh, just pause. You know what? I'm not going to pause. I'm just going to say, it. Hey, Anthony! take the ukulele somewhere else please thank you we'll just leave it up like that okay sorry Mason you take the ukulele somewhere else that's how it goes in the eggy household we we have Alexis going all over the place so that we could just uh, you know punch in old school communique and a conference in room to room, but here we just yell. <laughs> That's what we fucking do. We're just screamers. So, anyway, Cowboys for both my brother and I. I think the thing I like the most with the Cowboys is the tease bringing the Cowboys down, uh, you know, from seven just to one. And I threw that in my tease yesterday. That's the thing I like the most. As for the 50 and a half points, which is the over under. That is a lot of points, and they are thinking of having a shootout here. I don't know about the shootout. Um, I I question whether or not this becomes a shootout if the Packers can actually contribute to getting that 50 points. You look at the two games yesterday, Texans-Browns indoors ends up being 59, so that's 9 points higher. But that's because Houston scored 45 Cleveland did not end up coming to show. I wonder if you could get a Cleveland-esque performance. Maybe not, you know, Flacco to Love. That's not a one-for-one. But I'm just saying you don't get the points needed to get that over. So I probably would lean under here for the Packers-Cowboys. But I definitely like the Cowboys in a tease. And I guess push comes to shove. i got to take Cowboys and the seven points. So let's go to the night game. So we'll take off from Dallas. And we'll head to Detroit. Lions, this game's gonna be 815. Not a peacock exclusive. Thank God. Everybody was losing their goddamn mind about that yesterday. But it is going to be a NBC game. So you will get to see this one on NBC. W NBC at 815. Uh Lions favored by three. The over under here is actually 51 and a half. So looking for two barn burners. Today, in today's games, uh, the obviously the, the Bills-Steelers game won't be a barn burner, or one would think it wouldn't be, but that game is until tomorrow, so we don't got to worry about it. So 51-and-a-half is the over-under. Lions favored. Let's to go to the videotape, check the stats. That's not really the videotape, right? I don't know what I would say. Let's go to the stats. Uh, and we'll see what the Action Network is telling us here about where the wagering percentages are. Sharps are going to be coming in on the Rams, as is 66 percent of the tickets and 69 <laughs> uh, percent of the. Again, all day today. I mean, it just, uh, I'm. It's just too slow. That laugh should have been right when I said 69, and instead. When it takes for nothing. You just get nothing out of it. I, you know, just a delayed fucking joke. So anyway, 69 uh, percent of the money pool is in on the Rams. So you get a trifecta game here, which makes you scared a little bit. Usually, you know, those trifectas sometimes blow up in your face. But as of right now, everybody is liking the Rams. And I think, you know, looking at what the X factor is, it's got to be Goff, right? You you can talk about... First, the Rams and how strong the Rams have been performing as of late. You know, minus a a hiccup here and there. And again, I'll go back to that Giants game. They had to kind of scrape and get the victory out of that one. But for the most part, McVay has pieced together a Rams team here that has really played well down the stretch. Offense, for the most part, is humming. The defense also, you know, you got the rookie from Wake, and you got Donald. Uh, Donald, and they kind of have been performing well. Um, obviously, on offense, Kieran Williams, uh, Puka Kua, uh, you know, and then whatever, Cup is Cup. But McVay <laughs> kind of worked wonders here. He's not going to be a coach of the year. But I definitely think this has probably been one of his better efforts for where they are right now from where they started. I always laugh because I was like, how much money did they give this guy under the table to come back and coach his team? Because they just got rid of everybody. And it turns out, <laughs> you know what? They got a good roster. So if they did give him a whole bunch of money under the table to come back, it worked out well for him because, I mean, he made fucking chicken salad, right? And so now steam isn't that half bad. And I'll tell you the truth. A lot of people right now, as we just said, it's a trifecta game, are looking at the Rams to win this game. So if you stop talking about the Rams and you look at the Lions and what I think the biggest factor of the game is, it's got to be Goff, right? McVay knows Goff forward and backwards. Goff can be good Goff or bad Goff. Now, in the beginning of the season, you got a lot of he got Goff better than expected. And then he kind of broke down there in the third quarter of the season. Uh you know, it was able to rally here and there. Lions have got some good players, you know, for sure. I love amon Ron St. Brown. I like Gibbs and Montgomery in the backfield. LaPorta was great. Now, LaPorta is hurt. They don't know if he's going to go today. They think he might, and I guess he was practicing, going to a a different source for the injury report. He was practicing at the end of the week. Limited participant, did not practice from what I understand in the beginning of the week. Here it is. I'm just going to read verbatim. Big news for the Lions. LaPorta, full participant on Friday's practice. Missed Wednesday and Thursday. So, that offense obviously needs him. I think it is a completely different defense without La- offense without Laporta. I think they would have a big mountain to climb should they not have him in there. They do, it sounds like. I don't know if he's going to be 100%, but ha- having anything of him... Oh, my God, what the hell just happened in my mouth? Having him, uh, at, let's say, above 50% is better than not having him at all. But I don't think it matters. Because... Ultimately, I don't, you know, Ben Johnson has worked wonders. He's going to be a head coach somewhere in the near future. I don't even know if he can work the offense here to keep up with the Rams the way that they're playing right now. Uh, And the Campbell story is great. Campbell's kind of, I guess he's more or less the poster child for what the NFL is kind of looking for here with some of these new hires, which is the... Players, coach, players can look into him. Doesn't necessarily need to be an offense or defensive savant. Needs to be the quote unquote leader of men, and then they'll put the coordinators around them to do all of the other stuff. Right? I don't like that. <laughs> I don't like that design at all. I would rather have somewhat of a savant, uh, you know, at, at the head as the head coach, and good coordinators around them. Uh, rather than the leader of men with the great coordinators around him. I, it's just me. Um, I would rather have McVay than Campbell. Um, you know, Campbell does some stupid things, I think. He makes some stupid aggressive calls. Some people love it. I do not. I mean, just, you know, just a, a different difference of opinion there. So in this game, I think being favored by three, as the Lions are, I have to side with everybody else and the Rams here. Uh, I like the Rams. I like the Rams a lot. Uh, I do think it is, you know, ultimately what ends up happening. I do think of some of these games. This might be the biggest coin flip of them all. I love the Texans. I love the Chiefs. Uh, we'll get to the other games later, but I love the Cowboys as well. At least to win the the Lions. Rams is probably the biggest coin flip. I, I I don't. I love the Rams, but I don't. I'm not as confident about the Rams winning this game as I am the other ones. But I do think that the golf factor comes in here. I like McVeigh to figure out how to shut that down. And while the Lions had a great season, uh, I'm going to take the Rams. I'm going to take the three points, but I really like the Rams to win. My brother's going to come in. He's also going to take the Rams to win as well. Now, you look at that. Now, over under 51.5. I have to go under here. I, I don't. I mean, I know that the Lions have offense, the Rams have offense. In this game, I don't know, if it goes the way that I think that it is and Goff might have some struggles, then I don't know if they can add to get to the 51 points. But, you know, 28-24, that's 52, and that gets you there. So it's tough. It, it's, a, it's a decent line, I think. I'm probably going to end up taking the under there, even though what I like more is the Rams to win. So that's tonight's 815 game. Let's go to tomorrow, which is now a four o'clock something. It's four-ish, right? It's the four o'clock game, 420, 4-30, whatever it is. But it will feature the Bills and the Steelers. This game going to be on CBS. Nine points is the current line in favor of the Bills. Let me actually see because I think that might have adjusted and I think I saw it at 10. And now I do see it at 10. So you're looking at the Bills at 10-point favorites over the Steelers. 33.5 is the over under there. So not expecting a lot of points in this one at all. Uh, I would imagine as I'm pulling up the stats that you're probably going to see the Steelers Steelers, probably the money and the sharp pick. You're probably going to see Pros Joes with the tickets on the Bills and then the Sharps and the money on the Steelers. Let's see if that is the way that it lines up. And as Action Network pulls it up, and sure as hell, it does look like, oh, we actually, it's a little different. So we have Pros and we have the, check this. We had this yesterday too, I think and we did in the Chiefs game, you're going to see the Sharps in on the Cowboy, sorry, wrong game, Sharps in on the Bills, and you're going to see the tickets in on the Bills, 56% actually. Then when you flip over to the money pool, you're going to see 58% on the Steelers. So we saw that yesterday with the Chiefs. The Sharps in tickets ended up being right in that one. The Chiefs ended up running away with it. Um, And so you're going to see the same action here with Bill Steelers. So it's going to be cold. They obviously had the big snow fest today. Um, I haven't looked at the weather tomorrow, but I'm pretty sure it's supposed to still be cold. There's, this, you know, whatever, this big Arctic front coming through. And so we're in the same spot as we were today. Uh, Just, it's a day later, so it won't be as bad. It won't be in the middle of the storm. Uh, There is some injuries of note here, especially for the Bills, because the Bills are going to be out Gabe Davis. They're also going to be out Taylor Rapp. Now, if you remember, Rapp is the one that got the interception to end last week's game, but then came up limping with that interception. And it turned out to be a calf. It never got better, and he is out. So Gabe Davis gone on offense, which means they're going to have to lay in to, to Digs a little bit more, uh, maybe uh, you know a little bit extra with the two tight ends there for Josh Allen. Maybe a lot on the ground. We're gonna find out when it gets closer to game time tomorrow, but Gabe Davis Taylor wrap out. So they are big, um, you know, notable, losses for Buffalo but more notable than them is TJ Watt who obviously had the knee injury last week as soon as you saw it you thought he was going to be out for at least a week that turned out to be the case how far in the future it will go we don't know maybe there will be no future after today if they end up losing but at least for today he will be out or not today, sorry, tomorrow. Screwing this all up because, then, again, the game got postponed to tomorrow. So 4 o'clock tomorrow, T.J. Watt is still out one day. doesn't matter for his knee. Um, and so that's what they're looking at. So Gabe Davis, Taylor Rapp out on one side, but bigger news is Watt actually out for the Steelers. How did the Steelers win this game? Yeah, I think it'll be tough. I do think it'll be difficult. I think they would probably have to force Josh Allen to, to make mistakes as he has in, you know, the the more recent past. You know, Allen has been up and down, up and down. You know, he he looked a little iffy last week against the Dolphins and then finally rallied at the end to get that victory. You know, he hasn't played lights out. So if the Steelers, even without Watt, they're going to have to manufacture some pressure sans Watt. But if they can force Allen to be a little quicker with his decisions, make some errors. Maybe they get a turnover here or there. Then on the offensive side of the ball, what they're going to have to do is you're just going to have to pound the rock. They're going to have to go with Harris. They're going to have to go with Warren, you know, make sure that Warren doesn't fumble. He's had a little, you know, he's had a little case of the oopsies here uh, in recent past. How many times can I see re- recent past? I, you know what I mean? So and then they're going to have to feed Deontay Johnson and Pickens and just uh, in Fryermuth and and hope that Mason Rudolph can keep up this you know Joe Flacco esque you um, streak that he's got going here into the end of the season and try to pull it out. Now ten points is a lot of points. It's a lot of points, and so you can tell that I I you know I imagine Vegas thinks that. Uh, You know that the Steelers are not going to be able to do this on the road in the bad weather and that the Bills can just sit back and enjoy being at home, running the ball, Allen doing his thing, and after all, guess what? It's Mason Rudolph, and you guys don't have T.J. Watt. And it looks like the Sharps and the tickets definitely think so. Maybe not the tickets so much. It's 56%, so it's not a huge uh, majority spread there, but it is 56%. So I think it's too many points to be honest. I I 10 points in bad weather in what could be a low scoring game. I mean shit, they're looking at 33 and a half points as the over, right? Or as over under. 33 and a half points and then 10 points you're looking at the Steelers to basically do nothing, right? And maybe that ultimately happens, but I think I'm leaning in on the side of the Steelers here and the 10 points. My brother also is going to come in on the Steelers there. If you look, I do like the Bills teasing them down. I like them better at the 9, bringing that down to 3, more so than the 10, bringing that down to 4, because let's say you do get just a snot-rocking, you know, AFC weather game, and it ends up being Bills with a field goal. You end up losing now with the 10. But, I, you know, I did like it a lot at the nine and bringing that down and I actually had that in there um, as I gave it uh, yesterday. Well, I, I, I said, <laughs> actually I didn't. I said, you, I was thinking about going Bills down or Steelers up. I ended up going Steelers up. So I did. I wish I had locked that in today rather than yesterday. I would have got 16 instead of 15. But those would be the, I think they're both pretty good teases. And I think, More so Pittsburgh at 16 than Buffalo at 4. You know, if 4 isn't 3, so the field goal loses it. You know, meanwhile, 16 points is a shit ton of points in bad weather game. Uh, Tom led defense, you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So me and my brothers both have the Steelers there. And then I am going to lean toward probably an over at 33 and a half. Um, I don't know. I thirty three and a half is not a lot of points. Granted, the game, you know, is going to be in bad weather, but still, I think I like the over more. So, of all of that, like I said, I also like that the T's, You could go either way with that, and that wraps up the first game of the Martin Luther King Super Wild Card Monday, and then the second one is going to take place down in Tampa, where the weather is going to be infinitely better, although it is going to rain. I think it, they said it was, a, I forget what chances it is, but it looked like it was going to be a little wet. Uh, Buccaneers are going to be the home dog. They are the other home dog this weekend. Texans were the first. But the Buccaneers are going to be home dogs to the Philadelphia Eagles, who are struggling here down the stretch, have been terrible and have just sputtered. And they are currently going to be three-point favorites on the road in Tampa, 43 and a half. Is the over under here? AJ Brown for the Eagles is gone. Uh, all you hear from that is people are talking Swift, 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 DeAndre Swift, and they're going to run the ball on the ground. The question mark for the Bucks ends up being their quarterback. And I think that is a big, big factor in this game. I mean, that's probably one of the stupidest things I got. They have said, you know what? It's going to be a big, big, big factor. The quarterback. No, no shit, dummy. Anyway, but look, if. Mayfield doesn't play, and they have to go to Trask here. I I don't even know if it's fair having this game at three. They go to Trask and this game probably should move to like six, six and a half, you know I it just Mayfield is the reason that they've gotten where they've gotten this year. Has he been great? Sure, has he been bad? Yes, he's been both, right? I mean, he's probably one of the most polar quarterbacks there is in the NFL nowadays. But with him in there, the way that Mike Evans has been playing, uh, defense has been getting by, is that I, I liked the Bucs. Mayfield steps up there. I like the Bucs, I'll be honest. I like the Bucs to take—I I think I feel like I'm sounding like— Fucking shitbox, uh, Francesa. But I'm doing a show by yourself. I, you know, sometimes that's the way that it goes. Uh, but with Mayfield under center, I think I like the Bucks here. I, I don't want to. I will not touch this game um, outside of throwing Tampa Bay, as I said yesterday. In and I'll revisit the bets that I made, but in as an additional correlated uh, underdog win bet. Um, but I don't I don't want to touch this game at all because the Eagles have been playing bad the Bucks do have Baker Mayfield who could make a ton of mistakes and he could be hurt so what do you do with that I'm not quite sure um, I, I just I stay away from this game but for the point of this game podcast, uh, I am going to end up picking the Bucks here in the three points. My brother's on the other side. He likes the Eagles. And truth be told, if the Eagles come to play, the Eagles should win this game handily. But I've said that now for I can't even tell you how many weeks. And they haven't come to play, and they've lost. And they lost last week on the road to the fucking Giants, for crying out loud. So not a ringing endorsement losing a game that they needed to win to the Giants, sorry. Uh, and as for let's go to what the uh, the sharps and the tickets are doing. Looks like the sharps are in on the Eagles. Pros, Joe's sharps, fifty-two percent of the money are in on the Eagles. And then you have 52% of the tickets in on the Bucks, but that's as even as they come, right there. You know, you're talking about 52 on one side, 52 on the other. Now this is the last game of the weekend, so you're probably going to see that shift quite a bit between now and then. But as it sits right now, you got Pro's Joe's with the Pros coming in on the Eagles, and then Joe Public in on the Bucks. Um, 43 and a half. I'm not even touching it. I don't know what to do with that. Um, I guess I would probably say. Over is where I'm thinking, but that's not one I like at all in any way, shape, or form. Go to the teases. You want to tease the Eagles down to a three-point dog. I don't know if I like that. You want to tease the Bucks up to nine as a dog at home. I like that infinitely more. That would be the side if I was to throw any of this into a tease. I think I would look at take the Bucks and tease them up to nine. So, I'm going to be in on the Bucs. My brother is in on the Eagles. That said, let's wrap it up with the bets. And I will revisit everything that I did yesterday because, uh, in case uh, some of it is tied into today. So, I had the Kansas City Chiefs in a teaser, they were good. So, count that one. I also had Pittsburgh. They'll play tomorrow. I teased them up to 15. Dallas, I teased them down to one. My second bet was a money line parlay. I took Houston, and now I have the Rams. So the Ram game's coming in tonight. And then I correlated that. I had Houston, and then I took the Rams, and then I took Tampa Bay. So like I was saying, I took Tampa Bay for that third parlay or that third parlay team as a correlated underdogs winning outright parlay. And then the last thing that I had, and this was a outright, uh, this was outright parlay with the points. And I had Kansas city and now I have Dallas and then Detroit tonight, rich Detroit. Yeah. So I took the Rams already. If the Rams end up hitting and winning, then I get them in Houston in the money line parlay If it goes the other way and I'm wrong, and I have Detroit because Detroit wins at home and everybody goes nuts and they perform really well, et cetera, et cetera, and then I have them. So I got Dallas and Detroit there, and that's what I do with my two. Obviously, the one that I'm looking for right now is Dallas to just win, and then that leaves Pittsburgh tomorrow, and that's my biggest bet of the weekend, and that was my $350 tease for nine ten the other way. As for my brother, so I gave you the one that he had yesterday, that came in that was Houston and then Kansas City. So he put 200 for 600 in return and he got that one, the teaser that he had. The there was nobody involved, so I'll give that to you now along with all the other ones. I will give you first money line, he took the Rams. So he's taking the Rams to win. Put 100 down for 250 in return. He's going to take Dallas and the seven points. He's going to put one hundred down for two hundred in return. And then the third thing that he has again, the moneyline uh, parlay already came in. He is going to take a teaser. He's going to do Buffalo down to six and a half. Obviously, that line is different now. So, uh, oh, he's doing. I'm sorry. He this is an alternate line teaser, uh, teaser or alternate line parlay. However, you want to do it, but it's an alt line. He's adjusting these. He is taking Buffalo and adjusting that to six and a half. He is taking Dallas. He's adjusting that to six and a half as well. So he's looking at Buffalo and Dallas to get touchdown wins in those two regard, in regard to those two games. His third game is going to be the Los Angeles Rams. He's going to give them two and a half points as the favorite. So Rams minus two and a half. And then he's going to take Philadelphia. And I told you my brother liked Philadelphia. He really likes Philadelphia here. Because he's going to take the Philadelphia line and he's going to give them six and a half. So, I, like I said, if Trask goes, what do I put at six and a half? And he ended up, that's what he did with his line. So again, money line, Rams, that's one bet. Dallas, minus seven, is the second bet. The third bet is a 14 parlay with alternate lines. Buffalo, minus six and a half. Dallas, minus six and a half. Rams minus two and a half and the Eagles minus six and a half. And that's what he ended up doing. And that is all she wrote for us. I will punch out here as we get ready for our Sunday two game doubleheader extravaganza. Two games of extravaganza. And then get to enjoy a day off when we get to watch a little more football on Martin Luther King Day. Which is a first. I don't ever remember watching football on Martin Luther King Day, but first time for everything, and we got it tomorrow. So, To everybody out there, enjoy the rest of your weekend. Good luck with all your bets. Gamble responsibly, all that good shit. And we will talk to you soon. Peace!